I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. The podcast starring us. Patreon edition. (laughs) Doug counting in, was that German? That was German. Well done. Oh, I thought it was either like fake German or say it again. Eins, zwei, drei, which might not be the correct pronunciation, but yeah. Okay. Sounds like it. I'll tell you. I did French on the, on the Sarah episode this week. That one, uh, there's a joke that I don't know very well that I think I've told before. It's, it goes something like um, two cats are, are having a race, you know, a, a swimming race. What? Two cats are having a swimming race? Two cats are, are having a swimming race. Yeah, they're racing. Okay. They're like swimming and racing. Okay. And one is called uh, one, two, three cat. And the other one is French. Same name, but French. Which cat do you think won? English one, two, three or the French one, two, three? French? No. The English one because un, deux, trois, cat sank. That's good. <laughs> no, you've never told that joke. Because swimming cats would have stuck with me. Yeah, there you go. I love how you're like, wait, what the hell are cats doing in a pool? <laughs> yeah, that was so confusing. That's funny. I'm going to do a talk, cats. Hey? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I loved Cats, the musical. I saw that as a kid. Do you remember that? Oh, me too. Yeah, so good. There are musicals that I saw as a kid that have just stuck with me, like Annie is a huge one for me. I saw Annie like three times. I saw Annie I to in say the about theater. That. I saw Annie in Florida, I think on a boat. And I saw it at dinner theater. Like I love, like those Annie songs are like the melodies are stuck in my head. It's crazy. No, they're great. Those are great. But what about like Phantom of the Opera? That was amazing. Never saw it. What? I said, I never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your what was I, that you couldn't hear me? It was you were aghast. In yes, disbelief. I was aghast. I saw the Harry Potter one like the, three years really? ago, maybe in in London. How was that? It's six hours or a little over six hours. So you see the first three, then you either come back the next day or you go out to dinner and then you come back for the next three, which is what we did. Wow. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was the middle of the summer in London and it was like a heat wave. So the AC like wasn't strong enough. So everyone was like passing out, dying. It was so hot. And there in that many hours of a play, like you're just going to be tired no matter what and like half fall asleep. But it was really good. It was very good. And I'm not like a big musical play person, but it was very good. Wait, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is a musical? I don't know. Was it a musical? Now I can't remember. You play? saw the musical? play. Yeah, it was a play. I don't know. Whatever. Was it a musical though? Doug, I literally cannot remember right now. And that is horrible. <laughs> I was just talking about how good it was. <laughs> no, no. We're talking it about a musical. like Annie, Phantom of the Opera and musicals. And you're like, oh yeah, I saw the Harry Potter play. Was that a musical? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, it was so good. Yeah, that's horrible. You know, it's not horrible. Your birthday's tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> That's not horrible. And it is. It's my birthday tomorrow. Right? So I will be 48. Wow. I know. Man, that means in a couple of years, you're going to hit 50. There's going to be like a blowout 50 party for you. It's going to be insane. Oh my God. It's going to be huge. 
huge and so fun. Well, it depends. Whatever comes first, my wedding or my 50th, they're going to be the same thing. I'm going to have my Dia de los Muertos party down in Mexico. It's either going to be my wedding or my 50th. Since I don't have a boyfriend even, we're looking like a 50th. <laughs> I think they will be the same thing because everybody in attendance won't believe that you made it to either one of those uh, marks. <laughs> that's funny. You're not wrong at all. All right. Man, I remember, I think my 30th birthday, I had at a roller skating rink. I had my 25th at a, no, wait, I had my 30th at a roller skating rink. Holy yeah. shit. I did have yeah. my, I had my 30th at a roller, at World on Wheels on Crenshaw. Oh, mine was in, uh, well, on the east side. I think it was, what's it called? Midnight, Midnight Rollaway. But, uh, yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Mine was also a throwback 80s theme party. Mine was just not, mine was pretty gangster because <laughs> this place on Crenshaw where they have this rad DJ and, oh, I you know, that there's place. like, I know that place. So fun. Oh my God. I can't believe we both did that. That's so funny. Wow. Wonder twins. There you go. Speaking of roller skating, should we, should we skate right into this episode? Let's just get right to what well, we're in the episode, right into the session. Yes. I say that all the time. I'm like, yeah, this episode with, with Drew, it's a session with Drew. It's an episode right. for everybody, but we'll throw the session at you guys. We will be back to break it down in a few. So listen up, take <laughs> notes, pay attention, do your dishes, watch <laughs> out for those bumps in the road. <laughs> Man, be careful if it's raining, which it might. Ooh, it is. Well, no, I think the rain's over by now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And it, well, it depends um, on where they live. We could be talking true, to somebody true. where it's been raining for six days straight or not for six years. Yeah, both are true. Okay, bye. We'll be back. <laughs> bye. <laughs> I feel like I think about this a lot more than I really should. Hmm. But my own white privilege and, and kind of how I see that, I think it's a very interesting topic for me and, and kind of where I come from. And I was very bitter about having, quote unquote, whatever that wealth is. I remember being in third grade and somebody called me like the rich kid. And like, for whatever reason, it was so devastating to me that I got up hmm. and I went to the bathroom and I like bawled my eyes out for like 30 minutes. Hmm. And I remember just being so against being that kid that I did everything in my power to try and like break that status quo. And so it's interesting, you know, like half of me is very blessed and thankful and grateful for where I come from and um, from a more realistic standpoint. So I have a different appreciation for what that is, but it's still like this weird in finances, you know, you know, I suck at that. I hate money. I hate the stigma behind it because I'm so naive and so afraid to even ask for money to anybody but my mom and dad. It's a weird place for me to be because I see both sides because I put myself into both sides. There's a narrative that you're holding. You know, I suck at it. We've talked about it. I just did you know, no good. Okay. You just haven't learned. You haven't experienced and it hasn't been okay to say, hey, I'm not really good with this. I don't really know this. How do I make sense of this? And I also think I don't trust a lot of people that I do talk to that about with. I think that's a big thing for me because I have been burned on finances a couple of times where I've kind of put myself out there and been trusting. It's a trust thing at the end of the day. And I've been saying that with my partner. I think it's looking at 
again, boundaries, how you want to, how you want to work and how you want to hold yourself. I'm going to stop working until I get paid. That's my boundary. Like, I'd love to keep working for you, but I need to get paid. With this specific situation, which kind of unfolds elsewhere too. I guess my, my trouble with all of that is that I'm very transparent and I like to be upfront. And it's very frustrating when other people, when I'm, it's not reciprocated. And so I'm trying to find my boundary of where I feel comfortable in that balance. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling with the, the boundary aspect because I don't know where I fit into that. It's looking at you getting paid for the work that you're doing. How do you do that? Trust only goes so far. Trust that he's a good person and he means well and he's trying to get me paid. Yet, hey, I, I need to get paid. And part of the boundary is, or I need to stop working until I do. You know, that, that's one thing you can't control. I think my struggle is the principle of it all. Meaning what? <laughs> I think going back to there's no good people in LA. This is just like the bullshit of like where I'm trying to set those boundaries of knowing that I don't trust. Yeah. Back up a second. Hang, hang, hang on. Why does this feel like let's, let's go into the bullshit of LA with respect to this. Tell me about that. What's bullshit to you? I think it's bullshit to play smoke and mirrors with somebody. And, and I think that I come across it pretty often where people will say one thing and do something completely opposite. And I think that's a, a reoccurring theme in my kind of timeline. And so yeah. I, I think the bullshit aspect of all of that is the fuck really again. Well, what, what's the smoke and mirrors here? The smoke and mirrors here is the promises of the, the sweet talk. It's the, I need you to do this, this, and this, and not telling me the back end of why, I think is the smoke and mirrors I'm talking about here. And all of that kind of plays into the, well, if you say you're going to pay me on this day and you're not, what else are you lying to me about? That's a theme for your life right there. I've yep. heard you say that several times. What else are you lying to me about? You said it with old girlfriend. You said it with mom. It's something that really weighs on you, right? And I think maybe, I don't know, I'm wondering if there's a way to take that piece of it out of the equation. Instead of going, well, what else aren't you telling me? It's just going, wait, you're telling me this, and I'd like to say I trust you. I don't. Maybe you don't trust him. I haven't been paid, and I'm worried about this. I don't know. What do you think of that? I think this is one of those where I have to kind of learn it by doing it type of situations. I think it's nice for me to kind of like talk about it and understand where I'm at. But I think this is where I want to kind of give it time and and be okay in the unknown. The other aspect of this is I need the money. I I need the money. And so I don't want to burn that bridge and be like, fuck you, you haven't paid me. I'm done. I'm done. You know what I mean? Because I do need it. And I think my struggle in all of that is that I can't be authentic in this now. Yeah. It's something you used to say about several people in your life. Well, this person hasn't done me dirty. Okay. And I'll flip it and say they also haven't done you clean. And when we have that boundary, that line for ourselves, and we keep moving it for people, we've talked about this before. People don't pull us out of our boundary. We move our boundary line. And I think it's, it's going to be empowering for you to have a boundary line that you actually stick to and have that idea of trust, like trust is earned. You're a trusting person. You're trusting and a vulnerable person. Okay. Maybe that needs to be earned a little more. Let's take, we haven't really talked about girlfriend. 
very much. I know. I was, in my head, I was like, next girlfriend. Yeah. Right. And that's something where in the beginning, you were talking about she's allowing me to be me. And you guys were having conversations and that, that was great. There were some, some flags that went up early on. We ignore them. The caution flags, we kind of wait out to see, are they going to turn into red or are they going to be green? You know, right? I, I saw this meme the other day. I'm sorry. I just think this is really funny. No, go for it. And very like me, because I, I don't know why this is me, but it is. But it was like some dudes see, see red flags and they take it as a caution. Me, I see red flags and thinks it's six flags. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, so many people are like, uh, I see a red flag and challenge accepted. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, okay. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. funny and it's not. Right. You know, I mean, we have to have a sense of humor about some things for sure. And I think for you looking at giving them the benefit of the doubt, well, wait, hang on. That means you actually have some doubt. What's the doubt? Mm-hmm calibrating that because you used to be somebody that didn't like uncertainty at all any doubt was not okay right okay you're a little different now and you know i'm just kind of reflecting on on how really i feel you know i was just trying to like feel how i was feeling and i think Mm -hmm. the weird thing for me right now that i'm trying to navigate isn't the not feeling anything because like a couple of weeks ago when this first happened, you know, obviously I was kind of sad and, and I think it was more on the abandonment and loss that I was upset about. But I think for me now, I think I'm overwhelmingly numb. And I think that's a really weird place for me to be because I'm usually very in tune with feeling stuff. I'm kind of going down the checklist of kind of the stuff that I like to do and makes me feel, feel. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not happy, but I'm not sad. And, and I'm kind of like, okay but not in either side of that and it's kind of like a lukewarm feeling and, and it's super weird for me there's no fire either way i mean me in that i'm very on point with what i'm doing and, and very structured and it feels really good to have my routine doing what i want to be doing right now we've talked about things before like i think this was even like a year ago we were talking about this too that you were talking about being numbed even back then and you were looking for trying to be more even keeled. And one of the things we, we kind of were pondering and thinking about was maybe even keeled for me means there are some highs and there are some lows. Not how can I numb myself so I can just stay in this like little middle zone, you know, and just stay there without going too high or out going too low. When I hear you say I'm numb, I'm wondering like, are we ignoring one end and and feeling the other, or by virtue of ignoring one end, do we ignore both? Are we, are we using a tool on our Swiss Army knife that we haven't used in a while? And that's, that's kind of you know, what we're leaning on. I don't know. You know that better than I do because you know what you're actually feeling and what you're going through and what you're guarding, right? What you're protecting yourself from. I've said this before, I think. When, when it's bad, it gets real bad. But when it's good, it gets real good. And so this last couple of weeks has been a really weird change to that. Everything went good and bad all at once. And so I really had to navigate, I think, feeling-wise of walking to first base and, and kind of getting that out of the way and then dealing with it and kind of getting the highs and the lows at the same time. It was such a crazy, like, at the same time waves that I haven't really experienced right. before, too. Right. That now that I'm 
a little further removed from everything. I'm kind of still looking at it for what it is and, and trying to be emotional to it, but also rational at the same time. Mm. And I think right now too, it, it's, I think I'm navigating how I want to feel my emotions to exactly what you're saying. You know, I like feeling the highs and I like feeling the lows. Like we've talked about that. Yeah, I think it's when I don't feel anything that I don't feel comfortable and so for me right now, you know, I think that it's kind of shocking me that I'm not like devastated over a girlfriend. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I think that's kind of weird. Yeah. And it is and it isn't. I mean, that's, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking the same thing as you're talking about this mm-hmm. and thinking, yeah, that was a huge betrayal. Right. Huge. Yeah. You were very invested in this relationship and very trusting. And it was great. And I wonder if not being devastated, I'm protecting myself from, from that feeling. So I'm, there's something that, that is guarded, that is kind of closed off. I think having that protective mechanism to not feel devastated is a good tool on the Swiss Army knife to pull out sometimes, for sure. Whether that's you know smoking a little weed or just getting busy or just compartmentalizing it and not feeling it at the time. Okay, but I want to unpack those compartments. I want to open that up a little bit and recognize it because maybe there's something to this where the numb that you're feeling now is not a weed thing. It's not a work thing. It's not a back to parents thing. Maybe it's that protective thing. And maybe if we open it up, when I talked to you two weekends ago, you you were devastated. And I'm not saying we got to go back to that place but recognizing that there was some feeling there and I can feel that and be okay. I think where the non-devastation comes is from a confusion part too. Mm. Because the ball's in my court here. You know what I mean? And if I want her back in my life, I could easily. She could be here right now. And and so I think this is kind of like a weird time in my life where giving the benefit of the doubt, I think that's something I do more often than I should. And so with the confusion comes, okay, yeah, that hurt really bad. I lost all the trust I had in you. And I need some space from you. And I still want you in my life. And I still want to work on things. For me right now, I don't want to be in a relationship at all. I don't think that for me where I'm at, it makes sense for either one of us. And so still having her in my life, I think, is why that devastating loss isn't there. And I'm coming to realize that, like, like her cheating really didn't hurt as bad as I thought it would. I think I was so afraid of the actual event coming that when it actually happened, I was like, oh, this is my worst nightmare. And I was, like, I, I was devastated because I was so wrapped up in the this is my worst nightmare. That, ne- like, talking about it now, I don't get, like, that sinking heart feeling. You know, I'm not, like, super anxious and like my hands aren't sweaty and I'm not like, Oh my God, that actually happened. You know, it's like, yeah, it happened. Okay. Like now what do we do? I'm hearing you talk about this and it sounds pretty intellectual. There's a way that you're being okay with this. That is truly okay. Whether it's protective or whether, yeah, no, I'm fine. This is okay. Either way. I'm like, okay. There's also a degree of this that sounds like, I'll say it this way. I'm not strong. I'm not empowered. And bad stuff is going to happen to me. And there aren't good people in LA. And I'm going to see it. Like 
anything that feels good, some bad's going to happen. And we're looking for that bad thing. You know, we've talked about this before. Even when things are going good, I'm like, okay, where's the bad? <laughs> and when things are bad, I'm, I'm looking for the silver lining. I'm coming out with a, a lesson to learn. And, and maybe it's feeling the bad when it's bad and feeling the good when it's good. For this one, I was very confident in myself and going through it and, and being okay with that. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm almost playing like a tug of war with my myself and other people involved. Now, fuck that bitch. Don't ever talk to her again. Like, cut and dried, done. And that's what I'm receiving a lot of, you know, like, even friend. I mean, I nervously laughed through that conversation, but he was like, dude, I'll beat your ass if you ever see her again. And he's dead serious. You know what I mean? And so now I'm playing like a weird game in my head where it's like, okay, well, what do my friends and family want from me? And what do I want? And what does she want? And what is um, playing like all these different emotions? And I think in that I'm losing my own. And, and so I think that I'm standing strong and like, like I fucks with her, you know? I, like I really like this girl and like, yeah, she hurt me. And like, yeah, it's fucked up and we might not have the best relationship and it might not be that healthy. I'll say, I'll say it, you know, I, I know, but I still like it. But there it is right there. And I still I'm like it. For it. No, 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 no. You said, but I mean, it was coming. We knew it was yeah. coming. Yeah. You know, I was literally waiting to jump on you for that. And it's, it's, it's not an ant. Right. In this situation, because we're trying to excuse something, but I still want her in my life, but I still love her. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. Where's your strength? It's looking at what do I want in my life? Mm -hmm. And part of that chocolate shake exercise is looking at what makes it up to me. Like, what are the ingredients? What do I want in it? What kind of relationship? What kind of person do I want in my life? Let's look at what kind of relationship do you want in your life from a partner? So this is... And, and I think now talking about it, and I, I think I've thought this surface level, but never really dove down and, and kind of really thought about it. And I think this is where I'm kind of fucked up, honestly. Because at this point, I almost feel like I'm stringing her along. And, and I almost feel like I'm okay with that. In the sense of like, I'm not looking for anybody else. I don't want to go jump into a relationship. I want to be single. And I want her in my life. I, w I want her in my life. Why? I feel like I'm acting on feeling here. So I, I, I that's okay. What's the feeling? I felt like, and it's still true, but have you ever met somebody where you can just think something like rant, like random, random, and like they'll say it and like they're just in your head and uh, everything kind of clicks? And oh, yeah, it's little things, right? Like, I don't have to worry about what's for dinner because she likes the same shit as I do. I don't have to worry about what we're wearing because she likes the same shit as I do. We don't have to do X, Y, and Z because X, Y, and Z. But then I also know, rationally, that there's some really big things about her that I don't like. I don't want to settle, and I feel like I am, and I feel like I, it's mm. good enough. Mm -hmm. And I think the scary part for me right now is passing good enough up for nothing at all. That's not the scary part. I'll challenge that a little bit. It's not the scary part is passing up good enough for nothing at all. I think the scary part is having nothing at all. But I don't have nothing at all. I have my friends. I got my family. You know, I got, I got fucking way too much work to even start to list that. And again, that's why I like my, my headspace isn't like 
oh, I need a girl here. Or I need, I need something. Like I'm okay on my own right now. I'm worried about six months, a year, five years, 10. Like, I'm getting older. Again, I'm rational about this. And like, I understand that like, like for me and what I want is a family. I don't want to start mm-hmm. that when I'm 35. I don't want to start that when I'm 40. I want to right. get that started now. And now I feel like I'm wasting time and it's like, well, shit. Like, so who are you stringing along? Myself. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I hear. Her, I'm, I would be settling. I don't have to worry about the little things. I worry about the big things. I don't know. Maybe by virtue of having her, there's a safety net. Cool. I've got somebody. I've got something. So I don't have to go out and find it. It's easier. It's not better. It's just easier. You know, the magic of, yeah, somebody that finishes your sentence, or if you have this thought and they have it too, and like, oh, it's so nice. Fairy tale. That, right? that, yeah, fairy tale. And it's fairy tale and fantasy. It's not real. And when we have it or we see it, we create this ideal and this story about it. You are very trusting and believing in the freaking Disney fairy tale. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, with that fairy tale, we start to believe it. And then we're in a fantasy world. You're stringing you along by thinking that this is a fantasy. This is a fairy tale and overlooking things because we're only looking for certain things. But then one little crack in the fairy tale and wait, what else isn't real? I remember this movie called The the Truman Show with uh, Jim Carrey. And it was like, his life was one big movie set and everything in his life, they were actors, they were all put on display. And as soon as he started like looking at things like, wait, this isn't real. Oh my, none of it's real. You know, and it all starts coming apart and his whole world got shattered and we fear that. So we'll keep up the fairy tale, the fantasy, and we will in in effect lie to ourselves. That's what settling is about. I'll settle for this. I'll say I'm good with this. We're not. There were things very early on you would never do. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what did we do? We moved our boundary. I think that's where the embarrassment aspect of all of this comes into. Because mm-hmm. like I know I've been moving my boundary for a year now. Yeah. And so I think... Now having a bit of self-confidence in my life and, and understanding what that means and, and kind of standing on my own two feet with little crutches, you know, but sure. still standing. Um, I think I'm I'm at least aware of like the situation and where I need to be on it, knowing that I, like, I'm still working on getting there. And I'll throw it at you like this. That embarrassed feeling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we got to find a way to hit that. There are always people that fall into relationships that were not good relationships at the time. And they'll come out of it and they'll turn to their buddy next to them and just go, what was I thinking? You know, that girl put a spell on me. Yeah. 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 It happened. I put the spell on me. Right. Yeah. And, oh man, I feel embarrassed. I feel stupid. I feel like I wasted time. I feel like, okay, where are we going now? Let yourself off the hook. Still talking to her right now. I'm not saying don't talk to her, but still talking to her and the stringing along. That's a way for you to kind of save face for yourself. For sure. Yeah. And I know that. 
I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to kind of experience life, not alone or lonely, but solo for a little bit. Yeah. And you, you were starting to do that, which is when you met girlfriend. Yeah. And that was something where there were parts of it that were great and parts that were not. And we didn't listen to the parts that were not. Okay. We're human, human. It happens. Let's listen now and look at the parts that are, look at the parts that are you, how I want to be in a relationship, the kind of partner I want to be with. Yeah. Where's my chocolate shake? Yeah. Really think about that. Give yourself some time with that. Check in with yourself a little bit. Yeah. And be okay. Feel embarrassed and be okay with that. And be Mm -hmm. not okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try it. And Iwe Arwe Akbe. (laughs) Oh my God. Good job. Was it? For those of you who aren't 50, that was Pig Latin. That's right. Let's just jump in right into where he started with the white privilege issue. (laughs) I literally, as soon as he said those words, I was like, nope, 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 nope. I do not know how to have this conversation on the podcast. I was like, Mm -hmm. Uh okay, here we go. Yep. So here we are. And there was some lead up to him saying that, which you guys didn't hear, which he and I were talking about how it was growing up in Canada and being like a kid in Canada and you know how it was for him he hadn't seen a black person in canada and he said there were like three black kids in the whole city even when he got to seattle he just didn't see a lot of black people and then when he did it was like cool he didn't have a problem with it, it wasn't like oh what's that i don't know what that is but it it took him a while to like kind of lean into and understand what people meant by white privilege and how it applied to him And when he got in, he was like, yep, I think that is something. I think I did grow up with that. I recognize that. So he he took ownership of that. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. I think he, what he was saying was even growing up, you know, he was like the richest kid or somebody referred to him as that. And so he always resented money growing up, hated it and like being pointed out as the rich kid, which he never even like knew or thought of until someone said that. And in third grade, eight years old, he goes into the bathroom and starts crying. Yeah. But I think of that term, white privilege, and I used to have a pretty strong reaction to it and I would get defensive and I would not like it. And I think when I separate those two words, I have a problem with it. When I put it together and understand what it, what it means. Yeah. Then I recognize it because I I grew up with multicultural LA and I grew up on the playground, walking home, taking the bus, like with my friends of all different ethnicities, races, like all of that. Right. And when I think of like being white or being privileged, I get a little angry. Like I didn't, I didn't feel privileged and being white didn't really, it wasn't a benefit for me in a lot of the circles that I was in. However, Right. White privilege as a thing meant, oh, yeah, the cops don't hassle me the way they hassle some of my friends. I can get away with right. certain things that my friends can't get away with, that other people can't get away with. So it, it means something. Right. And if you are you know, a strong word for it, but if you are ignorant about that, then maybe you do need to kind of wake up and realize, oh, that is a thing. I saw the reverse. I saw 
and you know, people might jump on me and we might cut this out of the podcast because it's not going to be you know, a popular thing to say, but I saw black privilege. I saw a lot of right. my friends being able to talk a certain way, being able to like dress a certain way, say things to each other, and the way that they were embraced on the basketball court or on the playground after school. I didn't have that. I couldn't just yeah. gel that way. And same thing with, I remember I would ride on the back of the, the public bus with my friends and I would get looks and it was like, oh, right. I, I don't belong here. I'm not supposed to be here. Ooh. Right. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a thing, but it's something that I experienced and I don't know why everybody's so, I do know why everybody's so cautious to use words for it because they don't want to offend anybody, but we're trying to understand and talk about these things. Yeah. And that is the part that I think sucks that there isn't a voice for us to do that sometimes to try to understand and talk about it. Right. Because I might say the wrong thing, which I think I probably always do when it comes to this stuff. And so. Well, on, on the roundtable, Mayor, like a lot of what you were bringing up and what you're talking about, I think was very necessary and, and things that we needed right. to hear and, and we needed to say and, and we needed to be public discourse and discussion about these things. It's something that when I was in grad school in my social diversity class, and I've mentioned this before, you know, we were talking about these issues that we were going to face with a lot of our clients. And that was all around us. And I'm in DC, I'm in a classroom full of people with different ethnicities, and we're all in a social work program at a grad level class. And there were still people that were so uncomfortable saying certain things, talking about certain things, like, well, if we, if a room full of potential social workers in a school setting can't talk about it to educate themselves, wow, something really is right. wrong here. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And I think the thing that, that I can relate to a lot is when he talked about, he can see both sides. He talked about how he sucks at finances and it's only because he hasn't learned. Right. Exactly. And so- I think growing up when you do have money and you aren't taught a lot of things because things are done for you, that can be a blessing and a curse. Right. So he, I guess he says he really only deals with his parents when it comes to money and he doesn't trust a lot of people. And I, I guess when he started talking about his partner, I guess his partner in work is not paying him. Is that what's happening? Yeah. I mean, he's done, he's done some work with somebody and they're supposed to pay him. And he's like, cool, okay. cool. I know you're good. No, yeah, no problem. I'll just keep doing it. And he's just not, uh, yeah. It's sort of like, wow, they haven't paid him for like three months of work. And that's a big deal to him. And it, it's a lot of money. Yeah. You know? But it, yeah. it's something that as far as money goes, I mean, he's always relied on parents and just not known and, and him, you know what I said, like you're holding that narrative that you suck at it, that you're not good at it. And he brings it back to trust. Well, I don't trust people. Right. We were talking about race issues. And, and if you just trust your parents, you will take what they say as gospel and that's how you'll be. So I, I like right. him kind of questioning things from race, ethnicity, all of these issues to finances. It's like, well, right. how do I figure this out for myself? How do I learn this? And it's at the end of the day for him, he's just uneducated. He just doesn't know. Right. So- Cool. Right. And finances for him. Yeah. We then brought it back to the boundaries because if he's working with somebody and they're not paying him, then it's like, well, hey, <laughs> I can't work this way. Like I, I nope. Yeah. I, I, I would love to say I trust you, but you got to pay me. Right. And he, you know, he brought it back to the, there's no good people in LA. And 
he laughs before he says that because he knows that's something that you call him on that I would for sure call him on. And he said, you know, the smoke and mirrors, like, I mean, I get what he's saying. And also I think that came down to like, well, what else are you lying about? And that was a big theme in his life. Like, well, what else aren't you telling me? Right. What else are you lying about with his mom and his ex-girlfriend? And Funny, Mary, because we talk about calling bullshit on our clients. He says something is bullshit. And I was like, well, hang on, let's dig into that. What is that? And that's yeah, where he starts talking exactly. about the smoke and mirrors. It's right. not just saying like, oh, I think I think this is bullshit. Like, I think that's all bullshit. Like, okay, well, what is that? Yeah. It's the smoke and mirrors. It's the not knowing everything that's going on. It's the promises of something and the not following through. And I instantly, as he's saying that, like, oh, right, that's your mom saying, I'm going to, I'm going to sober up. I'm going to be clean. And anybody that's ever did, did that or said that to you, and then they're lying and then they fail. They don't keep their word. And that's, yeah, it, it's something that bothers him a lot. And he says it, and I threw it back at him that, that phrase he used to use all the time, like, well, it hasn't done me dirty. Like, well, it hasn't done you clean either. Right. I like, I, I wrote that down. It was very, <laughs> well, that was very, that was very catchy. I like that. Nice. But yeah, I think his ex cheating on him, like, of course, all these things are going to be like, well, what else don't I know? What else aren't you telling me? Right. And I think you said something that I loved. You said people don't pull us out of our boundary line. We move it. Exactly. Yeah. Or something to that effect. Yep. And right after that, I was talking about, which I'm sure you picked up early on in any relationship, we see red flags, but we ignore them. We make them caution flags. And that was his great line. He calls them six flags. That was so <laughs> fucking funny. I was laughing so hard. Right. Yeah. Yep. You're like, here I come. Right. Like running towards them. Yep. It's, it's just kind of like figuring out where we are with all this stuff. Cause it's, it's easy to move our boundaries. It's easy to ignore certain flags and then later on, we kind of go, wait, 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 what just happened? Where am I? Who am I? And it's happened to him. And the benefit of working with somebody in therapy over a period of time, if they're single and dating, is you see them in different relationships. So you can start seeing some right. of the same patterns. Yeah. He started talking about how he's just sort of feeling like lukewarm lately, not having a fire one way or another. And that feels weird for him. And how you guys, you brought up how you talked about this a year ago or something about being even keeled and that there are going to be some within that his even keel, there's going to be some highs and some lows and not numb out to just try and stay in the middle, which I thought was a really good point. And I think the way of looking at it is like his middle is going to be different than other people's middle. And I, a lot of people don't like being in the middle and it's, sometimes too calm and too comfortable. And we don't realize it. It's, I mean, there's a good example is if someone is severely bipolar, a lot of times they don't want to take their medication because they really like being in that manic phase. It oh, feels yeah. good to them. Oh yeah. Right. And it's not about being in the depressed phase that feels bad, but even less, anything less than manic sometimes just feels when they, when they take their meds and they are even right that feels like they're a zombie or they're dead. And so being in the middle can be uncomfortable sometimes because we don't have the chaos of the up or the down. Exactly. Exactly. And it's feeding off that chaos, feeding off that drama. And that's where I really liked him saying like, yeah, I'm feeling numb, like not hot, not cold. It's, it's just this lukewarm feeling. And that's kind of a blah feeling. And that's where a lot of people, whether you're managing bipolar or not, 
will look right. at, I need something. I need something like I, 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 I got to do something. And that's, that's when they might take an action or do something to kind of jumpstart that it doesn't have to be a manic feeling. It's just be that euphoric feeling or that good feeling, you know, something. Right. I think, and then you start talking about how, or you guys start talking about how it's shocking that, that he's not more devastated about his ex and that it's, is not being devastated and sort of protecting him. And is that authentic or not? And who knows, it could be both, but that he was saying like, Oh, I could have her back in my life. Doesn't have to be in a relationship. He said he can talk about her without having that sinking feeling in his heart. Oh my God. I so know that place. It is such a good feeling when you finally get there. Like when you can talk about an ex without having that like gut wrenching feeling and it's just the emotions not connected anymore. When you, yeah, when you actually get there, I don't think he's there right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of going, I want to be there. Well, I think he's there theoretically because it sounds like she's still in his life. Right. She, she is at this point. And I think it's still fresh. He's still calibrating this. You know, that's what we talked about is finding that middle. But has she always been, has she always been in his life? Cause I thought they didn't talk anymore. Oh no, no. They never stopped talking. Correct. They might've had like a, a week or two here or there where they oh. didn't. But yeah, no, no, no. They, they've been going pretty steady with this right now, right now where he yeah. is, is yeah, they, they were, they were taking a little time off, but he was, he was kind of going, look, I, I don't necessarily want you as a girlfriend. I'm not going to do the thing I used to do or I'm used to doing, which is just shutting down and moving away completely from you. I'm not going to lean into you as you are everything. And I'm not going to be devastated that this happened and I, I need to protect myself. And he wants to have her in his life somehow. And he's kind of navigating that. But he's still in a place of, I think, being lukewarm and being a little numb. And that's protecting himself from feeling devastated. And that's something that he's kind of guarding. And, and I want to scratch at that because there's more there. It's that betrayal is something that he's experienced before in his life. Right. And I'm surprised that he's still even talking to her, not because, I mean, I think it's totally fine and could be great to work through someone cheating or something like that, like whatever works for you. I guess the question is, why would he be so devastated about her if she's still in his life? Like, he's like, I'm shocked. I'm not more devastated about her. Like what? Well, because she cheated on him, because she, she betrayed him, because she didn't keep right. his word. And and he's still balancing how I keep her in my life, how I have her be some part of my life. And it's it's interesting because there, there were two things I kind of like pushed at for him. One is he was talking about it very intellectually and rationally. I was looking for the emotional side. And where he is kind of lukewarm, a little muted, like that's protecting him. And I kind of tried to poke at that to see if he could go there to that emotional place to get that feeling. And it was really interesting that as he's talking about this, he mentions his best friend who was like, if you, if you talk to that girl again, I'm going to, I'm going to beat your ass. Yeah. And if you see her again, like that's it. And what's really interesting is that's almost exactly what his brother said to, to him about his mom when they were kids. Right. If you go outside. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But so his friends don't know that he is talking to her. Yeah. He's still talking to her, but he he realizes that his friend saying that is his friend just has his back. Totally. Of course. 
Yeah, yeah. That that's really what that was. And he he now has the ego strength to go, oh, it's cool. I can talk to her and not lose my best friend. He's not really gonna abandon me. Whereas his brother really did abandon him and he felt abandoned right. and he played that out right. and just went, All right, you're gone. But with the best right. friend, it's like, no, no, I, I I know we're okay. That's interesting to me because he does still want her in his life somehow. He just doesn't know how yet. So he's kind of figuring that out where I thought it was really interesting to kind of show him like he was worried about stringing her along. And I'm like, well, yeah. Stringing yourself along. Right. Yeah. I like that. I thought that was good. I think for sure. And I definitely do that. I think you and I have talked about this before. Like he's also taking breadcrumbs, right? Like exactly. Yep. You asked him, what does he want out of a relationship? And he doesn't know, which is fine. But like, okay, let's think about it. Let's write down right. some things about it, you know? Right. And I always, I do this with clients. I write down what is someone looking for in, in a person? And I have them just write every single thing. Like I want them to be six, two and a half. And I want them to have right. one inch yep. long hair, whatever. And then go through and I have them circle the deal breakers. Right. And it's something that for him, thinking about it, and it seems like we have this magical fairy tale of, of the, the Disney fantasy relationship that we could have. Right. Then that's where I pulled out the, yeah, now, now you're just stringing yourself along. And it's sort of like you know, Joey Pants, the actor, like wanting to be plugged back into the Matrix. If you remember the original Matrix. Oh, movie. yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, in the session, I mentioned the the Truman Show, if you remember that movie. Oh, I sure do. Right? Where nothing is real and it's it's like everything is just on display and that's not what he wants. He's already said, like, I don't want a carbon copy of me. Right? True. Right. Right? So, yeah, maybe we don't want the fairy tale. We don't want that Disney thing where they fit every, they check every box. They're actually their own person. And he said that before too. Like, I want them to be not my missing piece. And I don't want to be theirs. I want them to be a whole O rolling along. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. yeah. And I think and then you talked about, well, that's what settling is. That's not, that's the opposite of settling. And I, I mean, my whole life has been about not settling. And I mean, as long as I can remember, whether it's to my own detriment or not, I think settling that word is something I would never do or don't right. think I would, but I think what our needs are at different phases in our life change. So would I be settling right. for something I would never at 25 have done X, Y, or Z when I do it at 45, I'm not settling things just change, but I'm not going to give up what's important to me just to, just because just to make something fit. But, but the just because might be because I don't want to be abandoned because I don't want to be alone. Right. That's where like, okay, those breadcrumbs are enough because when I was younger, breadcrumbs could sustain me and the hope that maybe it would be enough to nourish me. Okay. And yeah, let me keep the Truman show going. Let me keep the fantasy intact and, and let me, okay, that's fine. I'm okay. I'm okay. Because when you see that little crack in the fairy tale, and it opens up like the Truman Show. I think, you know, there was like the sky was, it was a dome. It wasn't really the sky. And he sees a crack in it like, oh, wait, this isn't real. Right. None of this is real. Then it all crashes upon itself and it's just everything falls to pieces. That's not necessarily going to happen, but it means, oh, I can't keep up this, this fairy tale facade anymore. Right. I have to face the reality of this. And we don't want to. So we keep up the fantasy. 
Right. That's why we move our boundaries. Well, to be fair, I think when you just said that, sure, I have definitely been known to take my breadcrumbs. I, when I think of settling, I think of it as a long-term thing, right? So have I had jobs that I don't like? Sure. Have I ever settled in a career that I don't like? No. Right. So settling, I've taken breadcrumbs and shit from exes or guys in my life. And then, but then I think, well, that's why I'm not married. Cause I don't want to settle. So again, I think it's all relative. That's not why you're not married. Shut the fuck up, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then when he said, then when he said that he was embarrassed, embarrassed for moving your boundaries or the, what was I thinking? God, how right. many times have I said it or thought that? What the fuck oh, was totally. I thinking? Totally. Like with everything. I mean, there's that song and the saying like, oh, she put a spell on me or he put a spell on me, however you want to say yeah. it. Like, yeah, we got, we got caught up in this fantasy fairy tale of how wonderful that could be and what that feels like and what that seems like. Like Disney movies are hugely popular because we like the happily ever after, right? And the, the fear, I think, for a lot of people is we don't want to be abandoned and left alone. So we'll right. stick with the fantasy and we'll settle for things. We'll lie to ourselves. We'll move our boundaries because the fantasy of it is okay, is enough, and it's not. But it keeps us from feeling too much abandonment. And that's where I really like for him. He gets that right now he just wants to experience life solo. Not lonely, right. not alone, just solo. Right. And that's different. Like, right. So it's okay not to have the fantasy. It's okay not to have, not to settle. Just right. have yourself and see where that goes. For sure. I think it's just about taking the time and experiencing it. Doesn't matter. I mean, again, you would think we're almost in our fifties. Like we would know we would have not figured it out, <laughs> but think. it's an You'd ongoing, <laughs> it's an ongoing process for, Oh man, I've, I've talked to people in their seventies that are still figuring yeah. this out. And I realized, wow, 70 and 17 aren't that different. You, you still nope. feel like you're in high school at almost every age. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, um, class is dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> high school Good graduation one. will be taking place shortly for now. We will be on our winter break, so make sure you get your finals done. I'll try to get the grades in soon. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. Yes, you guys. Right? We'll, we'll see you, talk to you in 2022. That's right. Well, we might throw some stuff out for, for you guys on the Patreon. So oh, right. keep looking around. Keep catching up if you haven't caught up already. I mean, if you're listening to this right now, you've caught up. Good job. Yay. Yeah. But if it's not right before Christmas and you're listening to this... Well, good for you then for catching late. up in, in summer of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be back six months ago. <laughs> Bye. Bye.